Alrighty, well that's good. That means there's 29 people in here. Because I made 30 copies and I would make extra one. Alright, well let's, let's look at our scripture this, this uh, evening. Let's do a little bit of studying. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't normally title the Sunday nights, but this one particularly I titled The Need to Be in the Father's House. I thought that would get some attention. I thought that would get a lot of people's attention when I sent that out in the email. might might even increase the attendance for tonight is what I was kind of anticipating. But anyhow, so I want to look at some things. And, and again, you know, this is, you know, we, we worked the Christmas story. We looked at all the scripture. And it's just good to, to be able to, to fit in all the different parts of the Christmas story, even after Christmas. This morning was, was no different. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing about Easter. When I look at Easter, Palm Sunday and then Easter Sunday, two messages usually preached. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that takes place in those five days. And you don't, you know, you can't preach just Sunday morning on Palm Sunday and then Sunday on Easter. There's a lot of things that happen in that one week that you don't want to overlook. And it's the same thing here. And so I want to look at something today, this evening, and it's, it still pertains to the early years of Jesus. I mean, it's, this, it's those early years we're going to look at, and it's really important. And the way that Jesus was growing, the way he was increasing in knowledge, the way he was increasing in stature, the way he was developing as a human. You know, there's some things that we'll talk about as far as how much he knew, how much he didn't know, at what point Jesus was at 100%. You know, those are things that, that you might have just taken for granted or just assumed that, you know, he's God's son. He's born God's son, so he's obviously omnipotent just like God is from day one. Well, let's look at that and see what the, the scripture says about that. But so, so let's look at this passage together. It's, a, it's the lead-in passage, Luke 2, um, 39 through 51. I know it's a lot. We'll read it, and then I just want to do a few things and ask a few questions about it and just kind of ponder on it together. So let's look at it together, all right? Starting in verse 39, um, Luke's gospel says, When they had completed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. Now, if you stop there just for a second, because Wednesday night I did Bible study. Uh, We had a good turnout for that. But but the thing is, we did a lot of work and a lot of talking on the law. And so this is kind of going piggyback off of that. When we looked at that from Wednesday, we're going to look at it just a little bit further, right? So So when you look at it, it said, um, they returned to Galilee. When they, and they being Joseph and Mary... All right, when they had completed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And we know that this, this, there's a delay in that because they went to Egypt and waited for Herod to die all right, before they could actually come back because of the safety factor. All right? So, so the, 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 in a dream, Joseph was told to go wait, wait it out in, in Egypt. And so that's where they went. Then they come back. But they had fulfilled everything of the law. All right? Now, verse 40. The boy grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. We're talking about Jesus. It says that he grew. The boy grew as a child. We talked about that. But he grew <clears throat> as a child, and uh, he grew in, gra- in God's grace was with him. Now, every year his parents traveled to Jerusalem to the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival. After those days were over, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was traveling in the traveling party, they went a day's journey. Then they began looking for him among the relatives and the friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him. All right, One day's journey out, one day's journey back. 
one day hunting for him. All right, three days they found him, all right, in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. That's very important that you look at that passage and look and just see what was Jesus doing for these three days. You know, there's three days that this 12-year-old boy is by himself in Jerusalem. Now, Passover is one of those festivals that brought more people into the city than any other festival, all right? So, so there's a ton of people just working alive in here is the way you can look at it. But it took three days for the Mary and Joseph to get back in front of Jesus, all right? And all those who heard him, talking about those that were listening to him, to him speak and ask questions, all those who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. Now, we move on. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. Now, astonished is a word that when you, we look at that word, it has a lot of different meanings. But it, it has some, there's some distress in that. Uh, there's some concern in that, all right, because they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Now, you think about that. All right, just for a minute, just to be thinking about your parent, your child has been missing for three days in a crowded city. All right, and you think about your mood, your attitude, and, and how you're feeling about this situation. All right, now, and he, Jesus responds back to them, and just I can just hear it in this calm, calm, collected voice. Can you hear it? What what what's the deal? You know, what's the problem? He says, "Why were you searching for me?" He asked them, didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he had said to them. They didn't understand it. Now, you think about, we talked about that Wednesday night, the, the level of understanding, and even this morning, the level of understanding that they had. They, they responded with obedience to what Gabriel had asked them to do. They responded to obedience to what the law said. They responded to obedience to where God told them to go, when to stay, when to come, Everything that was supposed to be done, they responded with obedience, but, you, but they didn't understand everything, all right? They didn't understand this, or they wouldn't have been asking why he treated them like that. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother kept all these things in her heart. That's another section, you know, we looked at that where the wise men talked about uh, the birth of Jesus, the, the being coming, and she said she pondered these things in her heart. Same thing when, when uh, they named Jesus. All these things she kept inside of her heart, and that's the same thing here. So this is a, a really good passage of Scripture, all right? So any questions on it before we roll into it? All right. All right. I tell you what. I'm gonna, let's let's open it up and see why it took them so long to figure this thing out. All right. Let's look at it. All right. We spent some time Wednesday night looking at three important meetings that took. I, I, I hear you. All right. So we spent some time Wednesday looking at those three important meetings that we talked about. The one that pertained to Moses and the law. The one that pertained to Simeon. The one that pertained to Anna. Those were three meetings that occurred on the eighth day. All right, those were important things we looked at, the events that took place this morning. We looked at some events that happened with the wise men when they came to see Jesus as a child. Now, we discussed the fact that there was a distinct possibility that Jesus would have been 
up to as much as two years old when the wise men got there. Now, that's strictly speculation, and you can say, no, it had to be a couple days. It's okay because there's really no proof to tell us exactly how they were, how old Jesus was when the wise men got to him, but we do understand that it was under two years because of what Herod said about killing all the firstborn male childs less than two years old. All right? Now, we discussed the fact that it was a distinct possibility because the scripture said he was in his house. Now, after obeying the law and everything, Mary and Joseph returned to Nazareth, which would be the home of Jesus until he started his ministry at 30 years old. All right? Now, so what did Mary and uh, So here, I put this question on here for you. What did Jesus do during the hidden years of Nazareth? So what did he do? You know, there's not a lot of information that tells us, but what did he do? And so we look at Scripture and we see Dr. Luke reports to us that this young lad developed. All right? We know he's the Son of God. We know he's the Messiah. But, but his function as the Messiah doesn't occur as, in ministry until he's 30 years old. You know, even though he's 12 years old in the temple and he's speaking with knowledge, he's speaking with intellect, he's asking good questions, you know, he's using good judgment. Even though he has all those things, when we look at it, his ministry doesn't start until later in life. He doesn't perform any miracles as a child. There's no miracles recorded until he turns water into wine as an adult, all right? So, but, but Luke says that he developed... Physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. That's what it says in the scripture. Right now, Jesus did not perform any miracles as a boy until he was an adult. All right. So we look at some history things. It looks like he worked with Joseph in the carpenter's shop and apparently ran the business as a young man after Joseph most likely passed away. And he took care of the business. So he was a, the son of a carpenter, and all male children typically followed their fathers in the trade that they were taught. All right? now, now, we look at this. Mary and Joseph had other children during the years of their marriage, during the time that they were together, after Jesus was born. All right? After he was born. Now, you look, how many brothers did Jesus have? How many? Elite. There's four mentioned in the Bible, okay? So there's at least four. How many sisters did he have? Two's, two's a good study. You've been studying, huh? All right, so let's look at this. So, so we don't know any of Jesus' sisters' names, do we? Don't give their names, does it? All right, so, so how would you know there's two? Let's look at this together. Matthew 13, verses 55 and 56 says this. Isn't this the carpenter's son... Isn't he mother? Isn't his mother Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? That'd be odd. That his brothers Judas, right? Yeah, that's a common name, all right. And so Joseph can be used in different forms. But he had four brothers named. And here we go. Look at verse six. And his sisters aren't they all with us? So where does he? Where does he get all this knowledge? Where does he get all these things? The word sisters has, is plural, right? So it means there's at least two. There's at least two. Right? Because it's plural when it's mentioned in the Bible. It doesn't say sister. It doesn't say how many. It just says sisters. All right. Now, 
In these two passages, we know that he has four brothers by name, and the word sisters is plural, so that means there's at least two. Now, Luke gives us only one story from his youthful years about Jesus, and our study is that's what we're going to talk about this evening. Okay? This is the only study, the only scripture, the only thing that we know about Jesus in those hidden years, all right, before he steps out for his ministry, all right? Now, Joseph and Mary were devout Jews, all right? So they observed the law. They, they, they were very devout. They went to Passover. They observed Passover in Jerusalem every year. Now, they, that was because they followed the law. Now, three times a year, Jewish men were required to go to Jerusalem to worship. They were required to go to Jerusalem to worship at least three times. Now, you think about it. Most of these people were poor. Most of these families were poor. Traveling to the city three times a year, you're looking at a day's journey on most of them all right, to get there, a day's journey to get back. Whatever work they had to do had to be put on hold. Most of them were poor. So a lot of them could not make three trips a, a year to the city. So they went, they went at least once, and usually this once was for the Passover. All right? They couldn't afford it, but they at least went one time, and usually it was the Passover, and they tried to take their entire family with them when they went. This is where it's going to explain some things, all right? The Passover was the most important feast in the Jewish calendar, on the Jewish calendar. Listen to this. Passover, when the majority of people would enter into the city, it would be the most crowded of all time in the city. So when did Jesus head into the Passover toward the end of his ministry? Um, never mind, just gave it away. When did Jesus head into the city? Toward the end of his ministry. Of his ministry. <laughs> At Passover. Because why? There was, some, there was going to be the most people there, all right? People traveled to this feast in caravans. We're going to make mention of that this morning, about the caravan of people that came with the wise men. It was a caravan, which means it was an, a lot of people, all right? So all these people got together to go to Passover in these caravans. The women and the children leading the way and setting the pace. Now, to me, that's, that's Patty and I going shopping, all right? I don't like shopping, so Patty's leading the way, right? Her pace is faster than mine. I'm looking for the first chair that I can sit in, right? All right, women and children were leading the way. So you got you got to figure. So let's just say, let's just say there's three or four hundred people traveling together. A lot of them were family. A lot of them lived together. A lot of them knew each other. A lot of them grew up together. A lot of them's kids were were just intertwined together. All right, these people all knew each other. So let's just say for for just for sake of studying that there was three hundred people there traveling together. Now figure this: three hundred people traveling from here. So let's say they're going to Pelham. All right, we're walking a day's journey. Wouldn't you say that would be about right? Close. For how old you are. But just think about us all packing up and walking together. Women are up front. You know, some of the guys are drifting back. This is, this is kind of like circling Southside School on prayer day, right? We all got out of control. But just think about this. is how it's going to take place, all right? The men and the young men were following behind. Relatives and whole villages often traveled together to keep an eye on each other's children. Let them watch your kids for you while we're traveling. You watch mine, I'll watch yours. We'll make sure everybody's safe. We'll all get there together, all right? At the age of 12, Jesus could easily have gotten into one group or another and not been missed. It's been very easy for him to be walking in, in, in one of the, the different zones of people. You know, Mary might have been thinking, Jesus is back there with Joseph and the fellas, and Joseph is back there thinking, well, uh, Jesus is up there with Mary and, and them, or he's over there with cousin so-and-so and that group over there. So it would have been very common not to just know that he's gone. 
you know, until it's already been a day's journey, all right? Joseph would think one thing, Mary would think another, all right? Now, the Bible says they had gone a day's journey from Jerusalem when they discovered that Jesus was missing. So most likely it's time to eat, you know what I'm saying? Got to get ready to eat. It's been time. We've got to gather up, you know, get our family together so we can eat, and then we can't find Jesus. Where in the world is he at, all right? Now, I don't know if a day was a 12-hour day or if this was the 24 hours that they considered to be a day, but it says it was a, a day's journey, all right? It took a day to return back to the city and another day to find him. So three days Jesus was, was not with him, all right? Now, that kind of explains how they missed him, all right? Now, I imagine during those three days of not knowing where he was or what he was doing, I can imagine, uh, you know, not knowing whether or not he was safe. You probably get a picture in your mind that Joseph and Mary were pretty stressed out. Can you see that? Now you think about this. Just think about your child missing. All right? That's bad enough, right? But here we go. God says, I want you to keep watch over my son while he's down there. That's a little bit more pressure, ain't it? Huh? Don't leave me hanging. All right. That's a little more pressure when you got the Son of God to deal with, right? All right? All right, so here we go. Can you imagine the pressure? I suspect the thoughts in their mind was God has given us this precious child to take care of, and at this very moment, we don't know where he's at. We don't know if he's safe. We don't know if he's not safe. We don't know who's got him. We don't know where he's at, all right, or any kind of danger. And here's the thing. He's only 12 years old. He's only 12 years old. How many 12-year-olds are ready to stand on their own for three days? I think. Yeah, we got some 20-year-olds that ain't even that mature. Mm-hmm. Probably more mature, you know. And and the fact that that Luke says he's growing in stature, he's growing in wisdom. You know, he had to have a certain amount of wisdom because he was impressing the people in the temple. He was asking appropriate questions. He was asking good questions. He was he was responding to their answers, all right? So it wasn't just haphazard-type conversation, all right? Luke 2, 48 says this. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you, all right? Now, any parent, past, present, or future, gets this message. They understand this. They can relate to what Mary's saying. It's just the way it is. You understand? Why have you done this to us? Why did you treat us like this? Why didn't you come when we all left together? Why did you stay behind, all right? This has been uh, more difficult than just looking for the lost cell phone and, and that happens in all our lives, right? Y'all ever lost your cell phone and you go frantically looking for it? No? Every day? Okay. I lost my watch, and I still can't find it, so I had to buy a new one. Y'all didn't want me to get a new one, I know. All right, so let's look at this. All right, whether Jesus spent the entire time in the temple, we don't know. All right, most likely he did because he said, didn't you know I had to be where? My father's house. So it's a very good possibility that he was in the temple the whole time, that he never left the temple. All right? All right? He certainly would have been safe there, and we know that God would have been watching over him. All right? We do know that when Joseph and Mary found him, he was in the middle of teaching, asking questions, and listening to their answers. When they found him, that he was in the temple, he was asking questions, and he was listening to their answers. And it says further that the teachers were amazed by both his questions and his answers. Now, 
Mary's concern, and we know that she, she just had loving concern because she was Jesus is her son. He's her child. You know, he's the firstborn. We don't know if the other children have arrived yet, but he's the one that she's, she's taking care of. But we can surely understand the reply that, from Jesus. Now, Luke 2, 49 says this. While were you searching for me, he asked him, didn't you know it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? Now, why were you looking for me? Don't you remember Gabriel standing in front of you telling you that, that you're going to be uh, conceived with a, from the most high and he's going to be uh, one who saves all his people, including you? Don't you remember all that? Don't you remember Joseph coming and talking to you? Don't you remember him saying he's going to save his people, including you, and he will be the son of the most high? Can you, have you forgot all these things that he told you? Jesus is simply, in this passage of Scripture, affirming that he is the son of who? the son of God. I had to be in my father's house. He's the son of God. He's just telling her that. That's where I had to be. All right? And his mission was to do the will of the father. Now, he used this word must, and this is something that was important. Jesus used the word must throughout his ministry. And I gave you three passive scripture. Just go right along with that. Because he's, you back up, he says, didn't you know it was necessary that I would be in my father's house? All right? If you look at different translations, it says, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? All right, it's the same thing. But let's look at Luke 4.43, 9.22, and 3.14. So Luke 4.43. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. Luke 9.22. The son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. John 3.13, and Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. All these pertain to things that Jesus had to do. All right? All right. Even at the age of 12, Jesus was moved by the divine compulsion to do the Father's will. He, he became daily in conversation, daily in communion with God the Father. And as he grew in spirit and he grew in stature, he became more and more uh, in tune with everything that God wanted him to do. And doing the will of the Father was what he wanted to do. Now, since the Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom, we wonder how much he, he understood uh, of God's divine plan when he was 12 years old. So we just kind of wonder. You, know, you don't know. You just wonder. You know, at 12 years old, did Jesus know he was heading to the cross? He wanted to do the will of the Father. But I just don't know at that point if he actually knew that that's where he was going because he's increasing in wisdom, and God's giving him the wisdom as he, go, as he grows and develops. All right? He knew enough to amaze the people inside the temple that he was talking to. So it would be understandable to say that at the age of 12, he did not fully understand the total uh, what God's plan was, all right? So we don't know, but it's possible that he didn't fully understand it at that point. Now, certainly he grew into the comprehension of those mysteries that were hidden, and his communion with the Father increased as he taught him. Uh, he was taught through the Holy Spirit. Now, it would be safe to say that by the time he began his ministry, that he was in complete fellowship with the Father. I have no doubt that by the time Jesus is in his ministry at 30 years old, that he's 100% in tune, that he understands, that he's omnipotent, that he knows exactly what's going to take place. He's understanding every single thing because Jesus says, I and the Father are what? One. And so from that point on, I can't. there's no doubt that Jesus doesn't know exactly what God wants him to do. All right, I and the Father are one. All right? Now, 
One thing is for sure. Joseph and Mary didn't understand everything that Jesus was doing. You know, they didn't understand it even all the way up through it, all right? They didn't understand why he had to die. They didn't understand why his own people turned on him. They didn't understand why they rejected him, all right? They didn't understand any of this except for as Jesus grew in statue and he, he shared things with them, I'm sure they accepted it and learned to deal with it, but a lot of it they didn't understand, all right? Now, this is part of the pain from the sword that Simeon promised Mary. If you were here Wednesday night, we talked about the sword that Mary was going to have to bear, the sword that she would have throughout her life once Jesus was born. And this is part of it. Luke 2, 34 and 35 says this. Then Simeon blessed him and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and the rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. And the sword will pierce your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. When you think about it, you know, this sword piercing her soul is exactly what he's talking about when she's astounded when she's anxious, when she's worried about where Jesus was. This is part of the, the discomfort that she was going through that Simeon had told her about when Jesus was eight days old. And this is just the beginning of it, all right? All right. Now, there's no doubt that this, this piercing in Mary's soul happened again and again all the way up to Jesus' adulthood, all right? And then all the way up through his adult ministry. Now, Jesus is a wonderful example for all people, all young people to follow, all right? This is what we think about this when we talk about Jesus' young people. Let's look at this thing and just think about it. This is where I want to pattern my young life, all right? He grew up in a balanced way. He grew up being nurtured. He grew up being taught. He grew up growing closer and closer to the Heavenly Father, amen? So every day, he learned more and more. And so he grew closer and closer. Luke 2, 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. Every day he grew and grew and grew closer. So, so our objective for 2024 is to grow closer and closer and closer to Jesus as we walk through 2024. Would you agree? Amen. All right. So let's move a little bit further. All right. Without neglecting any part of his life, his priority was to do the will of the Father, Matthew six thirty three. All right. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else comes second and then some. All right. First, our first priority is seek the kingdom of God. Our first priority is to, to glorify the Father. Our first priority is to be obedient to what God's will is for our life and how he wants to use us. All right. Now... He knew how to listen and how to ask the right questions. And this morning we talked about that, making good decisions, wise people. You think Jesus was wise? At 12 years old, he's wise, okay? He knew how to ask the right questions. He knew how to, to answer questions, all right? He already had wisdom coming in him, all right? He knew how to listen, all right? Luke two forty-two. after three days they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Now, he learned how to, to work. Because he was in the, the father's carpenter shop. He was obedient to his parents. These are all classic examples of how a young person should be. All right? All right? And as a boy, Jesus grew up in a large family because we know there was at least six siblings. 
all right, in a deprived city nurtured by parents who most likely were poor, all right, the Jewish religion was at an all-time low. These are just facts of things that are taking place during this particular timeline where Jesus is. Roman government was in control, and the society was in a state of fear and change, all right? Yet when Jesus emerged from Nazareth 18 years later, you think about it, he's 12 years old, He's going to emerge in Nazareth. 18 years later, our Heavenly Father was able to say to him, now this is the last scripture, and this is the one that's very important, all right? And he says this in Luke 3, 22. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in a physical appearance like a dove, and the voice came from heaven. Here you go. This is what we all need. You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. All right? This is for 2024, all right, right here. May our Heavenly Father be able to say the same thing about each of us. Here we go, 2024. You are my beloved children, and with you I am well pleased. Amen? And that what we want for 2024? So whatever it is we're setting our, our resolutions on, whatever it is we, want, we call it important for 2024, just think about it. When we finish it, when we hit December 31st of 2024, is it going to be something that God's going to look at and say, you are my beloved children, with you I'm well pleased. All right? So I just want you to ponder over that. And uh, any questions? You guys are a great group. Just great group. Just no questions whatsoever. Huh? Oh, well, that makes me feel good, Miss Jerry. I try to anticipate... Do it. Well, he says in the Bible that, that everything that, that happened couldn't be recorded in the Bible, or every library in this world couldn't hold all the books. Ask her what was taking place. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt I'm put you on time out. Could you imagine? No, I, I imagine looking in his eyes when he when they said that, and looking in his eyes, and he just looked back at him and said, "Why were you looking for me?" I can imagine that that was Holy Spirit calming the storm. They, yeah, I can see that that would have been fretful. So. All right, anything else? All right, let's let's close in prayer, and then uh, you guys have a, a great evening. They're not having fire practice, are you? Little choir prize. All right, so hang in there for choir prize. Father God, just come before you this evening. God, just thanking you for, God, just thank you for a, an awesome day in your house. God, just the, the fact that we are all able to get together in your house. God, to study your word, to learn more about you. God, to, to grow closer to you. And Father, 2023 is coming to a close. And God, there's there's difficulty that's been in this year. There's some happiness. There's joy. But God, there's been some struggle. And God, we're looking for a, a new year. We're looking for 2024 to be a new year, and it will be a new year. But God, I just pray that we keep our eyes focused on you. God, throughout the struggle, because struggle's not going away in 2024. God, sin is not leaving this planet. We will leave this planet before sin leaves this planet. God, just know that and thank you for that. But God, there's going to be struggle in 2024. And God, just help us to, to walk through it. Help us to be strong in it. Help us to be diligent to your word. God, to be focused on your word. God, to have dedication time for you. And God, just set time aside for you so we can grow closer to you. God, just pray for this church. God, as we close one year and open another, 
I pray for the ministry at Pine Hill Baptist Church. God, I pray that this would be a lighthouse for this community. This would be a lighthouse for this county, for this state. And God, that we would just, uh, just do everything we can to reach lost people for you in this upcoming year. These things I ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.